The Rotations Podcast is all about interviewing interesting people and exploring new ideas and concepts in medicine, art, and science. Some listeners may find the content occasionally objectionable or difficult to listen to. Okay, what are, we, what are we doing now? We're doing something. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, what, I'm, what I wanted to... I can't even get my head straight. I'm only on my second cup of coffee, and i got to go out. i got to go to Chipotle. i got to pick up my lunch. i got to run over to the clinic. i got to go see patients. Um, I just got off the phone with um, a... Uh, actually, a scientist who has a service animal, Um and that individual has had some issues with accessibility. And, of course, that ties right into um, Dogs of War. Uh, and uh, this is great because we've been in, 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 in some inertia about Dogs of War. A year and a half ago, Smoky Mountain Service Dogs, which, by the way, if you want to contribute to a, an organization, go to their website. Smoky Mountain Service Dogs are on Facebook as well. They do uh, service dog training, very high-quality service dog training. Uh, for animals specifically focused on helping veterans that have mobility issues, whether it's secondary to traumatic brain injury or just a disability from amputation or something like that, they do work with them. Mike Kitchens is out there. Uh, their director, they're a wonderful organization. And um, my, my conscience has been beating me up because my wife, who is a professional photographer, and I went down and shot content down there, also at University of Tennessee, great folks, and I've been sitting for a year and a half because we need the, the, the juxtaposition of dogs of war is PTS veterans. And PTS veterans don't like, uh, they're, they're very hesitant to talk about their experience because there's still stigma about PTS in the military. There's stigma about PTS in society. And so in the last week or so, we've had this wonderful um, breakthrough with uh, some folks that deal specifically with PTS that are now willing to say, hey, look, we'll talk to you. And so I'm waiting for a friend in Texas who runs a PTS dog training program to give me some more information about that. I just talked to this researcher out uh, west. And so hopefully this summer we get back on the production schedule and take a week or two to go out, get in the old uh, Honda Ridgeline, fill it up full of uh, uh, production gear, and we'll head out and we'll do some interviews. And I'm really excited about that. The reason why I'm doing this episode is because of my friend Jason McMullen, MD, who is sitting out at University of Cincinnati. And in on Memorial Day of 2019, Jason agreed, after he just worked an ER shift, to let me interview him about pre-hospital medicine. And I'm really excited about pre-hospital medicine because had I gone through my residency now, I probably would have been a pre-hospital fellow. I would have tried as a family medicine resident to get into a pre-hospital fellowship because I never wanted to work in a big ER. I don't want to live in Tampa. I don't want to live in Chicago. I don't want to live in these big urban areas and work at a high-volume level one trauma center ED. I don't want to do that. I want to work in rural medicine. So family medicine is very helpful. I would have liked to have done a fellowship year in pre-hospital medicine and liked to have done a fellowship year in critical care medicine. And I think that would have been a great rounded education, although it would have taken a while, it would have taken five years, but it would have given me a great rounded education in the spectrum of care that I would want to deliver. Um, And so Jason agreed to sit down with me. He's at the University of Cincinnati, another great Ohio institution. Uh, And uh, we talked. Now, it was was last year, right, Uh, spring. Uh, Memorial Day. And um, and so finally, I got the first episode edited, and it's going up on Monday. You're getting this on Friday, 
uh, I shouldn't do the Friday news drop. Maybe I'll do it on Thursday. Maybe I'll give you this on Thursday. Actually, I work all day in clinic on Thursday. I'm covering for my, my partner, Tim Hogan, uh, Dr. Hogan. Um, I, may, on Friday morning, I'll release this, and hopefully you'll listen to it. But um, I'm going to give you something a little different, a little background. And it's not to hear myself talk. Uh, we're going to talk about the Oscars. I know, that's a weird thing to talk about. But you have to understand that what drives me uh, as a person that does narrative medicine is a profound love of film. And you'll hear me talk about it in our interviews. I love film. I love film as a vehicle for storytelling. I love, I just get lost in film. I just love beautifully done film. I mean, my office, if you came to OU, I don't know how we're going to do it in the new building because it's apparently all glass, but I've got movie posters hanging up from uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, with Arrival and Interstellar with Chris Nolan. I've seen Interstellar, I don't know how many times, tens of tens and tens of times. I love beautifully done film. It, is, it just allows you to escape. It, it's a powerful, powerful vehicle. In fact, in my car right now, and we're going to reference this in just a minute before I leave to go to clinic, but first stop by Chipotle, is uh, a copy of uh, Ford versus Ferrari. And uh, I didn't see it in the theater. I wish I had it, but I didn't have time. There's no bandwidth. And uh, so it's out on Redbox today, and I got it today at the uh, Kroger red box kiosk here in Athens, Ohio. And I'm really excited um, to um, watch that on Blu-ray tonight. In fact, my youngest son is a film geek like I am. He's big into anime, uh, all obviously Star Wars. We critique film. He's 18 years old and we spend time talking about film and if film is an effective vehicle in the storytelling and stuff. And so I thought it would be interesting as a diversion and you could obviously turn me off and, and you can send me bad emails or whatever you want to do. Or uh, actually, I prefer you just tweet me uh, at, at, at Medical Cinema uh, if you have a comment because uh, I'd like to have the dialogue. But you get on Twitter. At Medical Cinema, the young people today tell me that Twitter's uh, so 2008, right? So we go back to the Black IPs, you know, you're 2000, late 2008, that Twitter, no one uses Twitter anymore. Um, you can also tell me something if you want to. TR Fredericks is my Facebook uh, handle. Uh, and I only po put positive things on my Facebook page because I think there's enough negativity in the world that uh, typically my Facebook page is reposts of puppies and ducks and, and happy stories because I just get sick and tired of hearing all the doom and gloom. So I think today, this which will be Friday for you, it's actually Tuesday for me, uh, I'm going to talk about the Oscars. So the Oscars came out. I refuse to watch the Oscars anymore um, because I don't like the format of the Oscars. I like what the Oscars does. I like the fact that they, they give awards for well-done film. I don't have the time or the effort or the desire to watch self-aggrandizement on TV. And sometimes it can be just flatly offensive, the stuff that shows up, or it, it becomes very political, and I, I just wish they'd stay out of it. I wish they'd make good stories and quit, quit talking about politics. But I'm going to – your mileage may vary. But we're going to talk about the Oscars. So I'm reading the Oscars list. And I'm going to riff for a little bit about this. You'll notice that when we do rotations, uh, and I'll put a plug in for Artlist.io. I don't. I pay for a subscription every year. Uh, they don't give me anything free, but they have great music, and um, I really enjoy using their content. And you'll you'll see that there's definitely a cinematic bent uh, to the music that I choose. It's always done with a, a thoughtfulness towards what the topic is we're talking about. So if you look at the titles, you'll see there's a tie in there. It's a bit of an Easter egg. Uh, and I was just doing that, and I thought, well, you know, since I'm doing this sort of attaching these score-like uh, clips to the interview, let's talk about the Oscars. So we're obviously the best, the best motion picture, right? The award went to Parasite, and I haven't seen Parasite. Up for this was 
Ford versus Ferrari, which I'm going to watch tonight. The Irishman, I've seen clips of. I, I, I parts of. I couldn't get into it totally. It's nicely done. I'll give you that. I, I've watched episodes on Netflix. Parts of it, I just can't get into it. Jojo Rabbit won't be out on Redbox until the 18th. I tried to check it out online. Apple TV wanted too much money. I'm not spending 19 bucks for Jojo Rabbit uh, when I could have seen it for five bucks in the theater here. Joker. Obviously, a great film, very dark. I haven't seen Little Women yet. Probably going to see that. Marriage Story is compelling to me for things we'll talk about later. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, I know I didn't win. The, the best part of the film is the last 15 minutes. That's it. Uh, the rest of it's very slow and methodical and plotting. It's hard to follow. It's not classic Tarantino. You want to look at classic Tarantino, you look at Inglorious Bastards or you look at Django. Those are, that's Christopher Waltz, first of all, is just brilliant. And second of all, it's just classic Tarantino. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Pulp Fiction, great stuff. For some reason, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood went off the rails for me, uh, except the last 15 minutes, which is, we'll talk about that too. And then 1917, and I know why 1917 didn't win. It was awesome for a lot of other things, which I'll get into in a moment, but it wasn't the best motion picture. And I've not seen Parasite. I have no idea what that film's about, but I think I'm going to watch it. Uh, And uh, along with that, I want to see here, uh, best director, uh, Bong Joon-ho, uh, for Parasite, uh, right? And Sam Mendes was up for 1917, appropriate. Todd Phillips for Joker, appropriate. Martin Scorsese, Irishman, eh. Quentin Tarantino, eh. Uh, again, I, I don't know if they decided to nominate Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for this Oscar because it happened in Hollywood and it's you know confirmation bias or something, but it just it wasn't super impressive. Uh, best Actress, Renee Zellweger for Judy. And I haven't seen it. Got to go watch it. Um, you can look up the other the other folks. Uh, best Actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Absolutely. His portrayal of Joker, uh, I can't imagine what he did to himself um, in terms of uh, physically uh, starving himself for that role to make himself look so cachectic. But uh, I, without question, Joaquin Phoenix did a brilliant job in Joker. I haven't seen Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I haven't seen The Two Popes. haven't seen Marriage Story, although Adam Driver's in there. I'd like to maybe see Adam Driver. If you haven't seen Adam Driver, Undercover Boss, as Kylo Ren, you've got to search that on YouTube. It's one of the most amusing things I've ever seen. It's a little violent if you have young kids, but if you want to just cheer yourself up before you go to work, just watch Kylo Ren as the Undercover Boss. It's hilarious. Leonardo DiCaprio did a good job in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as sort of this washed-up actor um, who was struggling at, at the latter part of his career, and I, I appreciated his performance in that. It was actually very good. Laura Dern picks up uh, an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, Marriage Story. Interesting. Uh, haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet. Going to see that in a couple days. Haven't seen Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. I hear it's a great film. And I haven't seen Margot Robbie or Florence Pugh in Bombshell or Little Women, respectively. Uh, Bombshell, um, there's a great behind-the-scenes film on um, Shirley's Theron being made up to look like Megyn Kelly and the use of prosthetics to do that. It's uncanny, like unbelievable resemblance. I haven't seen the film, um, but I I think if you look up behind-the-scenes, it's on YouTube. How they made uh, Shirley Stern look like uh, Megyn Kelly and the complex process that was involved in that, um, amazing. Actor in supporting role, Brad Pitt, without question. His, his job in the last 10 to 15 minutes, actually throughout the film, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is actually very good. 
Loved him in the last 10 to 15 minutes. I love Tom Hanks in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, too. I, I thought he did a great job. I, I, I was so impressed by that movie that I actually went out and bought a, a, um, a Pops bobblehead of Mr. Rogers from A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. He's holding little Daniel, the, the stuffed lion, because I think we could do far worse than uh, trying to emulate Mr. Rogers as we get older. He's a lovely man who validated people. Uh, had a strong faith too, and a strong Christian, and he he loved people, and I think that's a wonderful wonderful uh, story uh, for us to think about. Original screenplay, Parasite. Haven't seen it. Got to watch it. 1917 was a great screenplay. The problem is, is 1917 is a chase film. Like uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day who works here. Uh, I don't think John might be mentioning him. John Bowditch at GridLab. He's a film guy too. Uh, his background's in film, and um, he. We're, he thinks he, he counted 10 total cuts in the entire film. Like, it's a chase scene. And the BTS of 1917 is really compelling. Like, it was really well done. You watch it to see how they constructed that film. But, yeah, it, it doesn't stand up as uh, some incredibly earth-shattering screenplay. Neither does Once, a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Haven't seen Marriage Story and haven't seen Knives Out. So it looks like I'm going to have to get Parasite. Uh, adapted screenplay. Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah, I think this is it. Taika Waititi? Yeah, that's right. So uh, Taika Waititi is just crazily funny no matter what you do. I, I, think, I don't know if you guys saw him, but he shoved his Oscar underneath the seat in front of him. I thought it was hilarious. I saw clips of that, too. I thought it was really brilliant. Irishman, Joker, Little Women, um, and Two Popes, adapted screenplay. Joker's pretty good. I got to see Jojo Rabbit. If they gave it to Jojo Rabbit over Joker... And again, I haven't seen the other films. That's impressive. Now, cinematography, hands down, Roger Deakins. This guy is off the charts genius. His filming in 1917 is absolutely lovely. And I don't know if he took the time. He must have watched They Shall Not Grow Old because they matched that film to They Shall Not Grow Old. They must have been, there must have been this conversation going on with Peter Jackson saying, hey, what do you plan on doing with your film? Or can we steal this? Or, you know, what, what formatting were you using on Premiere uh, for editing? I, I don't know what they did, but they did something with 1917 to make it look like it's, it's a, a continuation of They Shall Not Grow Old. It's beautifully done. I, I can't think of a, I mean, I, I, again, Irishman, great cinematography. Joker, good. Lighthouse, haven't seen. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, okay, not bad. 1917 off the charts. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now, I would say as well, um, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, they're gonna, it's up for visual effects. I, the cinematography in Rise of Skywalker is a tough call because most of it's CGI. But it's beautifully done, too, as far as panoramas and just these big, expansive places. It, it's really done well. Visual effects, uh, Guillaume, uh, Guillaume Rochon for uh, 1917, and, and et al., Greg Butler, Dominic uh, Tui. Un unbelievable. Beautiful film. Avengers Endgame, good. Irishman, eh, I don't know. Lion King, I haven't seen it. Uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, that's a tough call for me. Visual effects between 1917 and Rise of Skywalker, that's a tough call. It really is. But no question. That's it's well well played. Uh, holy cow. Hold on. Hold on a second. So my, my print-off um, cut off uh, the international feature, which is went to Parasite. I haven't... I haven't seen Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Pain and Glory. Now let's talk briefly about Lemiz. I'm a big Lemiz fan. Uh, the only 
uh, play I've ever seen on Broadway, actually it was off Broadway, but it was on Broadway, was in New York City with my wife uh, about four years ago at a conference I went to, North American Primary Care Research Group. We got really good tickets to see Les Mis before it shut down. It may have been, yeah, I think it's about four years ago, five years ago maybe. I love Les Mis. I love the film with Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe. I love the story. The story is one of the most compelling stories of mercy ever created. It makes me cry. I can watch any version of it and I cry because it's so touching to watch Les Mis. It really grabs me. And I've had this long-going social media discussion with some folks uh, about Les Mis, the new one, and I haven't seen it yet. And they say, you have to see it. Don't don't shoot it down yet because it's not Les Mis, right? It's not, not, it's not, uh, the original French Revolution limits. It's it's something different. I haven't seen it yet, but I, they've convinced me I need to go see it because I told them, I said, I'm, I'm a big critic. I, I don't want to be tarnished. My vision and view of limits, like if it came back to Broadway, I don't like New York City much. It's an interesting place. I had a wonderful walk on Sunday morning uh, this November. I got up really early. I walked 16 miles around Manhattan, went through all the, all the little neighborhoods I could find because there's no people. Of course, I don't like being around large crowds of people. And I ended up at the... Um, Aircraft carrier is the Intrepid. I think it's the Intrepid uh, Museum. And then came back to my hotel, which is off Times Square. I don't, but that was a great day in New York on Sunday. I had a free day for a course I was going through. And, um, but in general, I uh, I don't like going to New York. But if Lim is the original, came back to New York, I would make a trip there just to go see it again on Broadway. Because it is, I just can't say enough about it. I love Lim is. But I guess I'm going to have to watch Le Mis, uh, France, because it was up for an Oscar as well. Film editing, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, I'll tell you, I, I won't comment. I'll, I'll comment it tangentially. I'm going to see it tonight. I'm going to see Jojo Rabbit on the 18th when it comes out on Redbox. I've already seen Joker. I haven't seen Parasite. i got to see that. I've seen Irishman. Uh, yeah, Irishman's got good editing. No question. Uh, production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is good. The set design there is good. Uh, 1917. These are tough. Again, everyone, Irishman. The production, all of these, Jojo Rabbit, 1970 Parasite, all excellent, beautiful films for uh, production design. Uh, I'm going to go on to costume design. It's Little Women. And, you know, I haven't even seen Little Women, but I'll bet you I can understand why. These are really complex, these period films. They're very complex, and they they require a lot of research and a lot of dedication. And and Jacqueline Duran, who won for Little Women... I'm just impressed by the skill of of these folks in costume. They really are quite good. Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, I've seen one, two, three of these. Haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet, but I'm sure they were all worthy. Uh, just, the, just the trailers I've seen of these films tells me that there was a lot of forethought into what was going on there. So interesting. Makeup and hairstyling for Bombshell. Kazuhiro, and Morgan, and Vivian Baker. you got to watch the BTS. I'm making... Um, Shirley Theron and Megan Kelly. Unbelievable. Uh, Joker, Judy, who else we got on there? Uh, Meg, uh, Maleficent in 1917. Yeah, I, I get that. And I made a feature film, Toy Story. Now, I'm not a big fan of all the Toy Story franchise. I, it's because I'm a middle-aged dude, and uh, I love Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, 3, and eh. Toy Story 4, brilliant. I cried throughout that film. That was a wonderful film. How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World, entertaining. Not up to Toy Story 4. Haven't seen I Lost My Body. Haven't seen Klaus. And I haven't seen Missing Link. But uh, Toy Story 4, without question, is just a wonderful film. That was touching. So touching. Well done. Kept my attention. Uh, animated short film, Hair Love, DeSera, 
or uh, parentheses daughter, Kitbull, memorable sister, haven't seen any of them. Sound editing. I'm going to tell you in comment passing uh, probably at some point about Ford versus Ferrari. Again, I'll, I'll see it tomorrow or tonight with my son. Uh, Joker and uh, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, I'm sure they were all, all worthy of that. Sound mixing, of course, 1917. Interesting. So sound editing, Ford versus Ferrari. Sound mixing, 1917. Ford versus Ferrari, Ad Astra, meh film. Like, I was very disappointed in Ad Astra. Interesting story, a little 2001-ish, kind of like out there, you know, not quite what's going on. Yeah. But cool, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Joker. Original score, The Joker. Yeah, good. All of them. Little Women, haven't seen it. Marriage Story, haven't seen it. 1917 Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker, John Williams. Yeah, I mean, these are all brilliant composers. Uh, they know what they're doing. Really good. Original song from Rocket Man, uh, Love Me Again. And uh, then Toy Story 4, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away. Randy Newman, who doesn't like Randy Newman? I'm standing with you. Breakthrough, uh, Into the Unknown by Frozen 2. I haven't seen Frozen 2 yet. I want to see it, though. Stand up. Uh, uh, by Inherit. Documentary feature was taken by uh, Netflix for American Factory, The Cave, Edge of Democracy for Sama and Honeyland. We're up. American Factory took that. Subject, learning to skateboard in a war zone, parentheses, if you're a girl. Uh, it's a documentary short subject. I said subject, but it's the cutoff from my page, but it's documentary short subject. In the absence, life overtakes St. Louis Superman and walk, run, cha-cha. Running skateboard in a war zone. Might have to look at that. Live action short film. The Neighbor's Widow, Brotherhood, uh, The Nefta Football Club, Syria, and Sister. Uh, I did not see any of those, but The Neighbor's Widow won. And so, interesting. So there, there's the take on the Oscars for... Now, are we calling this... This is the complete Oscars list for 2019, Right, it's the 2020 Oscars, but these are all films that were 2019, right? So um, it's a lagging year behind. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm compelled by many of those films, and I can't wait to see some of them and watch them and just kind of get a feel for them. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting um, that uh, that uh, some really con- stiff competition. Now, I give you that little 25 minute blurb. Uh, as additional content on commentary and the Oscars, uh, again, to highlight Jason McMullen, who waited for the better part of a year to get his content up. And so, Jason, if you're listening to this, I just want to let you know, I was I try to be very thoughtful about the music I chose for your, your podcast. And I really want to thank you again, and thank you for being patient. What I'm doing is, again, for you, those of you listening, is alternating old content that has never been edited with new content. So we go back and forth, and eventually we'll catch up, and uh, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll be right on track, and we'll be just a, a, at most two or three months from the interview. Uh, we get a lot of people. A lot of people call up and say, I want to talk about what I want to talk about, which is great. I mean, the whole point of rotations is basically to learn something new. I don't, I, there's a lot of things I don't know. And I admit that all the time. And I want to know about them because I think they're really good stories. You know, uh, the most compelling stories I ever hear about are from people who never get any notoriety. And I love elevating people who don't get notoriety. I mean, I really love it. You, you watch football players, you watch these Hollywood actors, you watch all these people who just misbehave all the time and they're just, you know, they get all these accolades. And I love elevating the person who's on the roadside 
on someone's worst day of their life, pulling them out of a car and helping them to get on with their life and get back to their family and take care of them, whatever that form that takes, a researcher that's working tirelessly to help try to solve a medical problem that's perplexed people for millennia. I mean, these are really compelling stories. So with that, I'm going to leave you again. Look forward to Jason McMullen in a couple of days on Monday. And uh, bear with me. I think we'll keep the weekly pace up. I'm pretty happy about that. And I'm so excited that we're going to get Dogs of War moving. I really am. And um, along with our short Embrace the Sled, which, uh, which I think you'll like too. So stay tuned. And thank you for supporting Rotations. Have a great weekend. Bye. I think it's important. I'm gonna chime in here on my little cut scene or cut clip. I saw Ford versus Ferrari last night. What a great film! Now, and just so you know, I, I can hear myself popping because I just ate hummus for lunch. I'm between classes, so I have to do this really quick. Uh, Christian Bale was just terrific in Ford versus Ferrari. Matt Damon as Carol Shelby. What a great performance. In fact, the entire cast, it reminded me, it was just brilliant. It reminded me a lot of Apollo 13 and The Martian. Together, another Matt Damon film, of course. But just in terms of the, the, the breadth and scope of just putting you in an immersive experience. Now, this is a historical context, and there are some historical aberrations within the film that were taken for license, I think. Uh, you need to learn a little bit about um, about those characters. Wikipedia has some good entries uh, that, are, that will show you that the film wasn't completely faithful to history. But um, as far as just, it's, it's not even just a car film. It's a story about passion about the desire to be the greatest you can be at what you do. It's a story about overcoming adversity. The whole story of Carol Shelby being a race car driver that couldn't race anymore and how he chose to uh, channel that energy into doing what he did really, really well. Uh, and if you're a person that likes cars, you will be thrilled. There are tons of them. I remember as a child that when I saw the Ford GT40, um, I've, I saw pictures of it. I've always loved that car. I'm not a Ford fan. I'm a Honda guy. Uh, love Honda motorcycles, love Honda cars. Um, but there, is, there are few cars that are as just absolutely off the charts cool than a Ford GT40. And uh, I'm not Jay Leno, but if I had Jay Leno's money and his, you know, his car penchant, I would own a GT40 if I could find one to buy. There, there's, there, they all, there, you can't buy one. They're priceless, right? But the Ferraris, there's plenty of Ferraris in there. They don't do it for me. Um, it's the GT40. Man, that, that car is just beautiful car. It's just pure American power. And you'll see that in the film. It's a long film. It's two hours and 32 minutes, I think, runtime. Great behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, if, you, if you're into that, like I am. Uh, I got it on Redbox. I will be buying this film on Blu-ray. It's worth it for my collection of films. It's I would watch it again. Like Not, not like Interstellar, because I'm a physics geek, but... I would watch uh, at least once a year. I, I could see watching at least once, if not twice a year. It's a very good story. Uh, I think it's well worth seeing. So go get go to Redbox. Two bucks for the Blu-ray. I think a buck and a half for the DVD. Um, I thought you guys want, might want to know that. I'd, I'm not going to put this out before I see. I'm going to put this out before I see Jojo Rabbit. But I'll probably comment about that on one of the episodes of Rotations for you. Um, if you hate this, tell me. 
go on my social media, say, Fredericks, quit, quit riffing. We don't care about anything else you have to say. But if you don't mind it, I'll probably throw some other thoughts off as additional content as I see fit just because my brain's working and I just feel like I need to share it with people. So with that, I will leave. Bye. Rotations is the weekly podcast of all things science, medicine, and art, and is produced at the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine in conjunction with the Scripps College of Communications. Rotations content is purely that of the producers and the hosts and does not reflect the official or unofficial views of the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, the Scripps College of Communication, or Ohio University at large. The rights to Rotations content are reserved by the producers, and you may use the content under the provisions of Creative Commons, but you must cite any content derived from the podcast to the podcast, and you cannot edit or alter it in any form without the express permission of the content creators. Rotations is produced by Todd Fredericks and Brian Plow. We have a producer at large, Nasarg Bakshi, who happens to be one of our founders. We welcome any comments that you might uh, have. You can contact us by tweeting us at rotationspcast uh, or by visiting us at mediamedicine.com slash rotations or rotationspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.